Happy Friday, Donuts. Welcome to another episode of Fried Dough, your weekly fix of true crime. I'm your host, Gina, and today we're going to do a little bit something different. Today we're going to have a palate cleanser, and we're going to talk about Jordan Anderson's letter. Who is Jordan Anderson? Well, my friends, Jordan Anderson is a former slave in Tennessee who was freed, and he wrote a letter to his former master. So this is Fried Dough, and this is the story of Jordan Anderson. Jordan Anderson was an African-American and a former slave noted for the 1865 letter he dictated, known only as the letter from a freedman to his old master. It has been described as a rare example of documented slave humor. In this mini episode, we will discuss Jordan's life, his family, the authenticity, ultimately the letter, and the descendants of Colonel H. Anderson. Letter from a freedman to his old master, written just as he dictated it. Dayton, Ohio, August 7, 1865. Sir, I got your letter and was glad to find that you had not forgotten Jordan and that you wanted me to come back and live with you again, promising to do better for me than anybody else can. I have often felt uneasy about you. I thought the Yankees would have hung you long before this for harboring rebs they found at your house. I suppose they never heard about your going to Colonel Martin's to kill the Union soldier that was left by his company in their stable. Although you shot at me twice before I left you, I did not want to hear of your being hurt, and am glad you are still living. It would do me good to go back to the dear old home again and see Miss Mary and Miss Martha and, and Alan, Esther, Green, and Lee. Give my love to them all and tell them I hope we will meet in the better world, if not in this. I would have gone back to see you all when I was working in the Nashville hospital, but one of the neighbors told me that Henry intended to shoot me if he ever got a chance. I want to know particularly what the good chance is that you propose to give me. I'm doing tolerably well here. I get $25 a month with vittles and clothing. Have a comfortable home for Mandy. The folks call her Mrs. Anderson. And the children, Millie, Jane, and Grundy, go to school and are learning well. The teacher says Grundy has a head for a preacher. They go to Sunday school, and Mandy and me attend church regularly. We are kindly treated. Sometimes we overhear others saying, Them colored people were slaves down in Tennessee. The children feel hurt when they hear such remarks, but I tell them that it was no disgrace in Tennessee to belong to Colonel Anderson. Many darkies would have been proud, as I used to be, to call you master. Now, if you will write and say what wages you will give me, I will be better able to decide whether it would be to my advantage to move back again. As to my freedom, which you say I can have, there is nothing to be gained on that score, as I got my free papers in 1864 from the Provost Marshal General of the Department of Nashville. Mandy says she would be afraid to go back without some proof that you were disposed to treat us justly and kindly, and we have concluded to test your sincerity by asking you to send us our wages for the time we served you. 
This will make us forget and forgive old scores and rely on your justice and friendship in the future. I served you faithfully for 32 years and Mandy 20 years. At $25 a month for me and $2 a week for Mandy, our earnings would amount to $11,680. Add to this the interest for the time our wages have been kept back and deduct what you paid for our clothing and three doctor's visits to me and pulling a tooth for Mandy, and the balance will show what we are in justice entitled to. Please send the money by Adams Express in care of V. Winters, Esquire, Dayton, Ohio. If you fail to pay us for faithful labors in the past, we can have little faith in your promises in the future. Here I draw my wages every Saturday night, but in Tennessee there was never any payday for the Negroes any more than for the horses and cows. Surely there will be a day of reckoning for those who defraud the laborer of his hire. In answering this letter, please state if there would be any safety for my Millie and Jane, who are now grown up and both good-looking girls. You know how it was with poor Matilda and Catherine. I would rather stay here and starve and die if it come to that, then have my girls brought to shame by the violence and wickedness of their young masters. You will also please state if there has been any schools open for the colored children in your neighborhood. The great desire of my life now is to give my children an education and have them form virtuous habits. Say howdy to George Carter and thank him for taking the pistol from you when you were shooting at me. From your old servant, Jordan Anderson. Jordan was born in December 1825 somewhere in Tennessee. By the age of seven or eight, he was sold as a slave to General Pauline Anderson of Big Springs in Wilson County and was most likely passed on to the general's son, Patrick Henry Anderson, probably as a personal servant and playmate because the two were close in age. In 1848, Jordan Anderson married Amanda Mandy McGregor. The two eventually would have 11 children together. So and Lydia Marie Childs, the free man's book the same year. It was addressed to his former master, Colonel P.H. Anderson. Jordan describes his better life in Ohio. Jordan also calculated he and his wife Mandy's wages or the 20 years plus and the interest and asked his former master for the back pay. He asked for the back pay to be delivered via Adam Express Company. Jordan also asked for the safety of his daughters from the wickedness of the colonel's sons and requested that they were to go to school. Michael Johnson, a historian in John Hopkins University, investigated the people and places mentioned in order to verify document authenticity. He found that 1860 slave records named Colonel P.H. Anderson in the Wright County and that some of his slaves, although not referred to by name, matched the sexes and ages of those in the letter. Jordan, his wife, and children also appeared in the 1870 census of Dayton. They were listed as black and born in Tennessee. The people mentioned in the letters are real, including George Carter, who was a carpenter in Wilson County. Miss Mary and Miss Martha were Colonel Anderson's wife, Mary, and their daughter, Martha. The name Henry 
the person who had planned to shoot Anderson if he ever got a chance, was more likely the colonel's son, Patrick Henry Jr., whom everyone called Henry and who would have been 18 years old when Jordan left in 1864. The two daughters, Matilda and Catherine, did not travel to Ohio with Jordan, and their fates were unknown. It is speculated that whatever happened to them was fatal, or they were sold as slaves to other families before Jordan had been freed. The Winters in the letter was mentioned. His name is Valentine Winters. He was a banker in Dayton and founder of the Winters Bank, from whom Jordan and his wife felt such respect that in 1870 they named one of their sons Valentine Winters Anderson. Colonel Anderson, having to fail to get his former slave back, sold the land by trying to get out of debt. Two years later, he was dead at age 44 years old. Jordan died in Dayton on April 15, 1907, of exhaustion at age 81 years old. Dr. Valentine Winters Anderson, Jordan's son, was a close friend and collaborator with Paul Lawrence Dunbar, a noted African-American author. A character called Jeremiah Anderson, who was asked by his former master to return to the plantation and refuse, appeared in one of Dunbar's short stories, The Wisdom of Silence. Prior to 2006, historian Raymond Winbush tracked down the living relatives of the colonel in Big Springs, reporting that they were still angry at Jordan for not coming back. Knowing that the plantation was in serious disrepair after the war. In conclusion, whether as a palate cleanser in a chaotic world or as an inspiration in the midst of a true crime podcast, Jordan Anderson's story continues to captivate and inspire all of us. His legacy is a testament to the power of a human spirit and a call to action for all of us to work towards an equal, just, and equitable future. All right, guys, stay vigilant, stay informed, and trust your instincts.